Well, I want to finish up in the last, I don't know, maybe I learned over the years, don't tell people how long you're going to preach because it never works out how you tell them. Never worked it out. I would say that over the years. I'm going to be 15 minutes, and it would be 45 or whatever, you know. So I repent. I'm not even going to think about that. But it's not going to take very long. But I want to finish up something that we began a few weeks ago. And the title was, Are You Ready for What's Coming? And Inevitable. But it's not only inevitable, it's imminent. In fact, it's not only imminent, it's now. There are things that are happening right now that are going to shape and change all of history, families, decisions that we make, choices that we make. I know there are choices and consequences individually, but there are choices nations make that they will reap the consequences for the choices. And so it is with us as individuals. What did... Um, you know, he say he said that God can accomplish more, Bill Johnson, in a season than could happen in lifetimes when the Holy Spirit really moves in power and there's a real anointing. And I believe we're living in both seasons. We're living where all that has been sown wicked is going to be reaped, but also that which is which has been sown that is righteous. The word of the Lord, faith. The prophetic word, those that had faith in God. And um, so we're going to see reaping and sowing like we've never seen before. Go with me to Romans chapter 1. And I'm going to go back to where we, I think we read some of this a couple weeks ago. I know we read this some during the school of evangelism that uh, Richard had mentioned, but not everybody made that school I think that as well was astounding. It was God just wanted it to happen. And everything, I agree with what Richard said, what Jerry said, everything seems to be falling in place. You know, if you didn't know better, you would almost think God is really God. And the truth is, he is God. And he uses weak men and women that just sometimes they don't know exactly. Well, most of the time we don't know what we're doing, but we know him. We don't have to have everything figured out. But those who know their God shall be strong in this hour. And they're going to carry out great exploits. So, Lord, help us now to uh, proclaim your word. Help, Lord, let my part fit in with all that's already happened this morning. Give us understanding. Give us wisdom. But most of all, Lord, help us be ready for the times in which we've been called to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in verse 18 of Romans chapter 1, I want to go back to this. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all, say all, all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. In other words, they don't want to hear what God has to say. Now, concerning the wrath of God, there's the wrath that is to come. We know there's going to come a day of wrath. How many of you know that? And we're to proclaim. We let the world know that day is coming. But also concerning wrath, we know that you and I have not been appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation. So just say that with me. Say, I have not been appointed to wrath, but, but to obtain salvation. 
through Jesus Christ, my Lord. How many of you believe that? So when things begin to unfold, the wrath of God is being revealed. You've not been appointed to that wrath, but to obtain salvation. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. And then we know that it's also the anger of God. Now, since I've kind of been one of those, I don't know the right word, but I appreciate God letting me get in on this spirit-filled, charismatic thing, because I was brought up Southern Baptist. And anyway, so there's a good combination there. And I heard a lot of these charismatic guys say, God doesn't get angry anymore. And I never fit well with that. I'd say, what do you mean? I read it in the Bible. I've read it many times. The Bible says God is angry with the wicked every day. What, did he all of a sudden, you know, rewrite the Scriptures? No, he didn't. There's the wrath of God, the anger of God against sin. It's going to be revealed ultimately, but we know the wrath, the anger of God is satisfied at the cross, right? So that's why we preach the cross. We preach the anger of God, but we also preach the mercy of God. You find your mercy at the cross. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we don't want to let up on that. But also the wrath of God is that which is presently being revealed. Say, being revealed. And that's what Romans chapter 1 verse 18 says. And in other words, I'm not going to read all that, but they were, look in verse 21. Although they knew God, they they didn't glorify him. They weren't thankful. They, verse 22, they were professing to be wise, but they were fools. How many of you think that's a word for the hour in which we live? There are many that are professing to be wise. Sometimes I wish I didn't see some of these things, but I saw one of these. There's a group in the world, and they're the the movers and shakers, and they ultimately must have unlimited financial resources. And they're talking about their plans, and they're declaring how it's the end of humanity. And my first thought is the gall of their you know, to say it's the end of humanity. But they, they must think they're gods or something. And, uh, and they, they're the ones in my book. I wish they'd turn on the radio or the television or whatever and listen in. They think they're gods. Professing to be wise, they're going to be proven as fools. They're going to be the ultimate fools because those who say no to God, the fool has said in his heart, no to God. And it's going to be revealed. But then it goes on. They change the image, you know. They begin to worship creation rather than the creator. How many of you think that's going on today? Don't fall for the lies behind climate change. Can I tell you, climate change is real. The climate changes every second of the day. It, it was, it's going to be different when we go out of here than it was when we came in here. It's been one of the great deceptions. I've known about it. I read about it. I read about it in the Word. And we're not going to be fooled. I saw where they, I tell you, men are foolish. They banned Berkey water filters. Is that the name of Berkey water? They're one of the most, the greatest water filters you can find on the market. They banned it. Now, I thought, why did they ban it? I know why they banned it. Because it works. It, it purifies your water. And so there's a move of God, to, or not a move of God, it's a move of the anti-God, anti-Christ, I guess, to control the waters of the world. 
and try to convince us there's water shortage and all these kind of things. Don't fall for it. Say, I'm not going to fall for it. The biggest schemes in all of history are unfolding right before us. But the righteous are going to have an understanding because those who know the truth are going to be free and those who know the truth are going to stay free. And anyway, so let's just review all of this again. Remember in verse 25, exchange the truth of God for what? The lie. So people today are going to buy into the lies. Oh, man. There's a part two of the lie that we just lived through coming out to a pharmacy near you in the next so much of the time. But anyway, all this stuff is happening, and that's what the Lord said. They rejected the truth. God said, okay, you're going to believe the lie. Either you're going to believe the truth, or you're going to believe and be a devotee to the lie. And we're going to be devotees to the truth. And then he goes on, there'll be backbiters, haters, filled with all sexual immorality, men with men, women with women, committing what is shameful, all of these things. If you want to know what the world is like, read Romans chapter 1. And yet, this is the very context where Paul says back earlier in the chapter three things. There were three I am's and one I will. Do you remember those? If you came to the school of evangelism, you remember if you didn't, you probably, you probably still don't remember. I don't know. But we have to understand. Now, the world's going bizarre. People are believing things that kindergartners know is not true. But they're being convinced that it is true, that we're sowing seeds of confusion regarding all these things. But anyway, Paul said it's in this context. Number one, he said, I'm a debtor. Say, I'm a debtor. You're in debt. Can I pronounce over you, you are in debt? Not, now some of you may literally be in debt. Some of you are not in debt. We've been hearing over the last years, get out of debt. How many of you heeded those words? The best you knew how. You got out of debt. Others are still in the process. I'm not talking about that. We owe the world, we're debtors to the world, what God has given to us, right? Even though they may think they are gods and they say the end of humanity is right here on the horizon, whatever they mean all by that, we still owe them what God has given to us. Freely we receive, freely we, we give. And they're not only a debtor, we're ready to preach. Say, I'm ready. We could talk more about that in a moment. I'll go swiftly. But then he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God. How many of you really believe that? This week, this week, we heard, now we're always hearing testimonies of what God is doing in Uganda. And I share with you sometimes some of those testimonies. It's still ongoing just because at times you don't hear me talk about it. This revival that broke out in Uganda spreading through the region and possibly, I don't know yet, we're on television, but maybe to all of Africa. I, I don't know what the end result is. All I know is what's happening right now. But this week, I heard a testimony that to me was over the top. A lady calls Grace Radio. Now, she, we didn't put her on live. She called Annie at the beginning, and Annie sent me a message as I'm trying to preach the word on Grace Radio Wednesday. 
You know, we have the discipleship gatherings at times. I got one this Friday where they set up screens and speakers, but most of the times it's on the radio. So this lady calls in. You know what her job has been to steal children, babies. She's stolen over 100 children that have been delivered to the witch doctors and were sacrificed to Satan. She had six children now in her home, somehow, however she was doing it, that she was about to deliver to the witch doctors. She got saved. She was listening to the gospel on Grace Radio in Mubara, Uganda. She gave her life to Jesus Christ. She calls Annie. She said, I want you to know I've, I received Jesus. I'm going to return these six children. Somehow, I don't know how, but I'm going to get them back to their parents. Anyway, that was over the top to me. I, I sent to Rick Joyner and Chris Reed. I said, now this is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The power to save. Because we would have all gone over there, gone underground, trying to rescue the children the best we could. But most of us can't do that. So the gospel rescued those six children. And we thank God for the power. We're not ashamed. And then we're all going to live by faith. Because in the end of that, Paul said, the just shall live by their faith. And in this hour, you're going to have to live by faith. In fact, it's going to be known. Did you have a make-believe faith or real? How many of you know that? This is it. If you don't have the real, there's still time to make sure you have it because this is the day of salvation. So I want to just, in the next couple of minutes, we'll let the Holy Spirit define what that couple means. But what does the Bible, Bible say about being ready? So I'm just going to throw these things out. Number one, This is what I I wanted to, and then I think there's going to be a part three to this, but I'm ready to preach the gospel. I'm ready to shout. I'm ready to proclaim the truth that's been revealed to me. How many of you say that's, that's where I am? Was it last Saturday night? Yes, early in the morning I had a dream where I was leading a large group of people in a declaration that was, you know, we were all declaring, here am I, send me. And I think I shared that before Ted got up to speak about the scrolls. But that's where we are. How many of you would say, that's where I am right now? Here am I, Lord, send me. I think Richard or maybe Jerry, somebody said that even this morning. But we've got to have that. That has to be our testimony. Lord, regardless of what happens out there, here am I, send me. I'm a willing, I'm ready. Here am I, I'm ready to preach the gospel. How are they going to believe? In whom they've not heard, how will they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they're sent? And we are being those that are sent. And then they must be, number two, ready for whatever comes my way. This is the hour you're going to have to be ready for whatever happens. I wish I could tell you everything that's going to unfold over the next six weeks. Now, maybe there's some out there that know I wouldn't listen to them if they do know everything because there's a good chance God's Word knows more than what those guys say they know. And in the book of James, it says, how can you plan tomorrow? You know, your life is like a vapor. It appears for a little while and then vanishes away. So how can you plan tomorrow? Don't boast, but just say, if the Lord wills, I'll go to this city and 
do this and that for the next year. But you don't know what's going to happen. We just know the one that is engineering of what is going to happen. We know the ultimate one, the one in whom holds the whole world in his hands. How many of you still believe that old song? Listen, it's not just an old song. It's our testimony. But we got to be ready for whatever comes our way. Now, how are you going to be ready for whatever comes your way? Well, let me give you just a little clue. How about following the one who is the way? If you follow the way, you walk in his way, so whatever comes your way really is not going to be that big of a deal because the way is going to be greater. Your way is going to be confirmed. Does that make sense? I'm still trying to figure it out because there's a lot of things going to come. And then the next thing, we got to be ready for the unexpected. Say unexpected. It's similar to what I just said. But Jesus said in Luke 21, 25, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations. The word distress means great anxiety. It means to have, you know, an, an oppressiveness in your mind. There's a compression. It's like you're going to feel like you're squeezed in by all the things that are happening all around you. In perplexity, perplexity means one of them, one things, it means doubt and uncertainty. How many of you think there's a little uncertainty about the hour? The seas and the, the sea and the waves roaring. Then Jesus made this statement. Now, he said this. I didn't say it. I'm just going to say it because he said it. He said in Luke 21, 26, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of the things coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. Now, that's two things we need to get. Number one, expectation. So men are going to have an expectation of what evil is coming next. But you and I should have a different expectation. Because somewhere along the way, the kingdom of God is peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, joy is an expectation of what yet is God is going to be doing in my life. So we have an expectation of him. The world's going to have an expectation of the world. But we're going to have an expectation rooted in our faith in God. Does that make sense? There's a little different expectation there. But I know one thing, the powers of heaven are going to be shaken. Amen. God bless that. That's a word from the Lord. Here, I'm telling you, that's a timely word of the Lord. These guys that think it's the end of humanity, what are they going to do? Create AI and think they're going to take our place? Whatever they think. I'm telling you, the powers of heavens are going to be shaken. The demonic principality. That's what this shaking is ultimately about. To shake the core. I have a feeling hell is on red alert right now. It looks like they're fully engaged, and they are. They're also panicking in the processes of hell, I'm telling you. They're especially when they see the church arising and awakening to the times in which we live. And then 1 Peter 3, 15, or verse 13 to 15, it says, But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. If you suffer for righteousness' sake. And that's how you could fit that in. And do not be afraid of their threats. 
We're not going to fear their threats because of the greater one. The one in us is actually threatening to them. We're more threatening to them than they should be to us because of the greater one. But he says, don't be afraid of their threats nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Set apart the Lord in your heart. And always be ready. Say, be ready. Be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. So we want to be ready. Now the word defense, it's the word apologia. Apologetics. It doesn't mean you go around making an apology. You know, I'm sorry, I I believe in Jesus. No, that's not what you do. No, it's the reason for the hope that you believe in Jesus. Because they're going to wonder, why is there a smile on your face when everyone else is scared to death? For the things coming on the earth. When all the shaking and you have a smile. That's going to have to drive people crazy. It's going to drive the demons crazy. And that's where we want to be. But we want to have a reason for the hope. It's Christ in us, which is the hope of glory. And people are looking. And then a people are to be made ready for the Lord. Here's what it says. John the Baptist, he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. That's our role in this hour. We want to turn many of the children of America back to the Lord to know him, to know he's what they've been ultimately looking for. He's not lying to them. He's been telling them the truth all along. You just got to turn back. But it says he'll go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The number one role of the prophetic ministry in this hour is to make a people ready, prepared, ready for Jesus Christ, ready for him. That's it, ultimately. We're members of his church. I think I finally learned, when I hear people out there saying, whose church you go to? Well, I go to brother so-and-so's, I go to sisters, you know, or David. I don't buy any of that stuff. You don't go to my church. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're just one of the branches. He's the head of the church. I'm just fulfilling my role. That's all it is. And I thank God I've been able to do this. I'm still amazed. After all these years, I'm still preaching the gospel. I know when you get older, you're supposed to lose your fire. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. No, we pray it all the time. The fire ain't going out. That literally, I'm telling you, when I think God heard that prayer of mine, I was in seminary. And they, in the Methodist churches in New Orleans, they couldn't find enough youth pastors, I guess, to fill the role. So they came to the seminary and asked, did any of you Baptist guys want to be in Methodist churches? I'll go. Hey, man, I'll go. I didn't know. I'm willing. So I went and I was a youth pastor and a Methodist. Gretna United Methodist Church, just on the other side of the Greater New Orleans Bridge. If you've ever been there, you go across the bridge, and there's Gretna. But anyway, I remember the, the pastor. Now, he's long gone, so I'm not telling on him or anything. But I remember him looking at me one time and saying, you know, you're going to lose that youthful fire you got. You, when you get older, you, you'll learn to temper it down a little bit. 
And I remember thinking, I'm not going there. I'm not going. I'm not going there. In Jesus' name. And God must have heard my prayer because I ain't going there and I'm not going there. So we got to, and then you got another way. You remember the foolish and the wise virgins. Just to review quickly, a parable of the kingdom of heaven. Five wise and five foolish. While the bridegroom was delayed, what was it about the, the wise virgins? They, they did what? They took oil in their lamps. The foolish, they thought they had plenty of time. They didn't discern the urgency of the hour. So they had plenty of time. They all slumbered and slept. And then it was midnight, and there was a cry, a shout. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. How I many of you think that shout is... There's a rearing up to that shout right now. You can hear the echo. It's beginning. The speakers are being plugged in somehow. But the foolish suddenly realized they, they, hadn't, they, they had no discernment. They didn't have oil in their lamps. And they went to the wise. They said, give us some of yours. Now, what did they say? Not going to happen. You go get your own. But it was too late. And then in verse 10, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Say, he came. And those who were ready, did you hear that? Those who were ready, they went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Now, there are two things we're going to have to buy in this hour. And the one thing is the oil. That just means whatever it takes, go after the anointing. The whole, with the Holy Spirit, you're always at the advantage. We need the Holy Spirit more than we've ever needed the Holy Spirit in the entire historical foundation move of, of the earth. I'm just telling you, of the church on the earth. We must have the Holy Spirit. Chris Reed preached the most amazing message about the, the different harvest and the outpourings of the, maybe when he comes back, he's going to come sometime in October. Maybe when he comes, he'll preach that ear. But we must have the Holy Spirit. And then another thing we got to buy is gold refined in the fire. Remember what he said to the church of Laodicea? If you want to escape this lukewarmness that is coming over so many in our nation by gold, refined in the fire. And the only way you're going to buy it is when it's been refined in the fire. But it's going to be that which is pure. And it'll be that which will keep you from being vomited out of the mouth of the Lord. Because you'll keep your fire. And then Paul was ready, if need be, to die for the cause of the gospel. Remember he said, this was Acts 21, 13. He said, I'm ready to be bound. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to go to Jerusalem. Like many of you, I have a favorite song in this season. It's that missionary song that we sung because Zach recommended for the school of evangelism. Remember the song Richard Kimberly taught us? I will preach the gospel. I'll die and be forgotten as long as you get the glory. How many of you know that? How many of you like that song too? There's something that happens when I sing that chorus. You know, I must preach the gospel. I'll die and be forgotten as long as you get all the glory. And that has to be our testimony in this hour. We're ready. We're ready even to face death. Do you know that's one of the ways we overcome the spirit of Antichrist? 
You can't forget that. Don't forget the third point. They overcame him by the blood. I'm good with that. By the word of your testimony. I'm, I'm good with that. That means your declaration, your, your own testimony. Your, the word that has become your testimony. And they overcame because they did not what? They did not love their lives even unto death. Now, last time we went over this, we talked about the, you know, how death is inevitable. And what the Scripture, we looked at many different things about death. Remember, death has been defeated for the child of God. Ultimately, there's coming a day it's going to be destroyed. The last enemy will be ultimately crushed and destroyed. But as far as you and I are concerned, it's already been defeated. For do us to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And that's going to be our testimony. On and on. And then we got to remember he's ready. And I'm not going to go into deep detail into this. But in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 5, it says, They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. And I'm telling you, he's ready. Now, the next thing is, I'm just going to touch the point, but it's over in Amos chapter 4, and in verse 1, it says, hear the word of the Lord. And if right now we got to declare it, whether they want to hear it or not, there is an absolute truth in this hour still in America. And the, the, those who own the absolute truth is the church. We have the absolute truth. How many of you know that? It's the truth, the gospel. It is, there is a truth. They tell us there are no absolutes. There is an absolute. There is truth. There is error. There is right. There is wrong. There is male. There is female. And we're going to proclaim it. But it says in Amos chapter 4, hear the word, the Lord has sworn. And then in verse 6, you can read this on your own time. God sent a famine, a lack of bread. It said the cleanness of teeth is what it said in verse 6. In all of their cities... Yet they did not return to him. Then in verse 7, he sent rain. On one city, he would send rain. On another part of the country, he would send a drought. There would be floods and drought. Yet they paid no attention, and they did not return to the Lord. Then he sent disruptions in their food chain or their supply and their ability to get their foods out, the, the harvest of the crops. Yet still they refused to return to him. And then he sent a plague. This is found over in verse 10. As he had done in Egypt. And you can read that. Yet they refused to return to him. And then in verse 10 he sent war. Or he sent even the threat of war. But they refused to return. And then in verse 11 he says, And I overthrew some of you as he had overthrown Sodom and Gomorrah. And still they refuse to return to the Lord. And then you read the end of, of Amos chapter 4 and verse 12. He looked over Israel, looked over the nation. He says, okay, now, I've warned you, I've warned you, I've warned you. Now get ready to meet your God. Get ready to meet your God. And I would declare that over the United States. There are many that had, they, had, they didn't want anything to do with what God had to say. 
And I'm telling you prophetically, get ready to meet your God. Prepare to meet your God. You're going to meet him. You'll either meet him in wrath or you'll meet him in mercy. He's a merciful God, and I'll show you that. And then over in Nehemiah chapter 9, after delivering the people out of bondage, and they turned back, they turned away. I want to read that. This will be the last portion of Scripture. In verse 16 and 17 of uh, Nehemiah chapter 9, it says, But they and our fathers acted proudly, and they hardened their necks. They did not heed your commandments. They refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. They hardened their necks. And in the rebellion, they even appointed leaders that would return them to their bondage. Can I ask you, do we have leaders in this hour in America that's not leading us to the truth but returning us to bondage? I think some of them, I think they go to sleep. I think they wake up in the morning dreaming and thinking about what they can do to destroy you and me. That's the only reason they're in office. And that's what the Scripture says. But look at this. That's not the end of the story. But you are God. Say he's God. That's Listen, man may be man, but God is God. And there's no comparison. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. And I'm telling you in this hour, we need to let our nation know he's still God and he's still offering mercy. There's, he's ready to forgive. He's ready to pardon. I don't know what you've done. Maybe you were on the cutting edge, the front line, to confuse a generation of children as to whether they are male or female. Whatever your role has been, God is ready to forgive. There's repentance Yes, there's the wrath of God, but there's the graciousness of God. There's the goodness of God, and it all comes at the cross, and that's our message. And then the next thing, the bride has made herself ready. Now, I know God is doing what he, only God can do to get us ready. It, only God. If you think back over your life, God has done things you cannot imagine how he's prepared you to live in this hour. If it had been up to you, do you think you would have been prepared as you are? Some of you don't even think you're prepared. But I'm telling you, God is, God is a greater God than you're giving him credit for. I've often said this, but it's time to repeat it. What coach, what football coach would send his team on the field in the fourth quarter of the championship game unprepared to win that game. Whatever coach it is, he, he wouldn't be a championship coach. He'd be the one that's, he's getting his pink slip after the end. Listen, our God is the greatest coach in history. There is no way possible he is not invested into you and me all that we need in the fourth quarter of whatever is about to unfold to know that we're ready to win the championship. There's not even a chance in the world that he's not done. But we've got to make ourselves ready. Revelation says in Revelation 19, Let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. And that's what we're doing, isn't it? 
All these things are fitting together. And we're being made ready for a lamb that will not lose the reward of his suffering. But before he comes, there's a great mission that he's called us to. And just like Romans 1, do you think things were going haywire in Romans chapter 1? Paul said, nevertheless, regardless, I'm a debtor. Number two, I'm ready. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready to preach the gospel to those of you who are in Rome. Paul, do you know what's going on in Rome? Have you not looked around and seen what's happening? I'm ready. And then thirdly, I'm what? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then what's the fourth thing? You had to figure this one out. He says, the just shall live by faith. I'm ready. I will live by faith. Amen. You got a word, Jerry? Go ahead, and then we'll pray. Go ahead, speak that word. In 2020, um, Pastor David took a group of us to Washington, D.C. for the prayer. It was uh, Billy Graham Association. That's what we were going there for, to meet up with that and to join in with the prayer. And uh, I don't know when we found, I found out when we got there that Jonathan Kahn had also set up a time in the same place for their uh, coming together. So we started out, wherever it was, Jefferson, whatever, we started out, we started walking across and we got to the, the monument. And all of a sudden the atmosphere shifted. And I went, whoa. I looked at my wife and I said, the atmosphere just shifted, what's going on? And I started questioning God, going, God, what's going on? What's going on? And I just felt a major shift in the atmosphere. And Jimmy was next to me. I said, Jimmy, you feel that? And he said, what? I said, stop for a second. Feel it. Let's just stop for a second. And all of a sudden, Jimmy went into praying in tongues and just the fire God hit Jimmy like, oh, my goodness. He went just, I said, God, what is this? And this is what he told me. It's a monumental time. We were standing right below the monument. This is a monumental time. And there's two streams that are coming together, and that's the prophetic and evangelic. Jonathan Kahn, the prophetic, Billy Graham, the, the, the evangelic. These two streams are coming together, and they're for the end time, for the harvest. The prophetic also has to deal with prayer. What are we doing? We got prayer and we got evangelic, evangelic time going on right now. Why is it? Because the, the prophetic is the God's answer to our prayers going up. He's speaking what's about to happen. Hello? Prayer isn't just us begging and asking God. Prayer is communication. It's a two-way communication. We talk to God, God talks back to us. And the prophetic is that release of what God's saying in this now time for this now word. Hello? So this, I'm telling you, God said it's a monumental time because the two streams are coming together to become one stream to move forth to bring in the harvest. We're an important time, people. Important time, the prophetic and the evangelic. Now, there's other things that has to happen, but those two main streams are what's bringing in the harvest. Amen? 
Hallelujah. Amen. That's a word from the Lord. Hey, we just want to, I think the way to do that, if you, if you say, okay, I want to step into that stream. I don't know which one maybe, but I'm going to step in the stream in this hour. And I'm saying, God, here am I, send me. I want you just to stand up and we're going to pray. And um, what a glorious morning it's been. God bless you guys for being here. Man, I appreciate my gathering family. I thank God for you guys almost every day. I know I pray for the gathering family every day. I mention you. I mention the gathering family. And I'm sure there's a thankfulness in that prayer. But I thank God for you. So let's just just wait on the Lord for just a moment. We're just going to step into the stream, whatever. Maybe you need to do something as a declaration, step, I don't know. But just yield to the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Jesus. 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 make this declaration, make you your prayer, say, God, I'm yours. I trust you completely. I thank you for calling me to live in this hour. I confess my need of you. I humble myself before you. I need grace. I need you, Holy Spirit. Forgive me of all of my sin in any way that I've grieved the Holy Spirit. I ask for your forgiveness. And I ask you today for a fresh infilling, a fresh anointing. And I declare this morning that I am yours and I will follow you I will not be ashamed of the gospel. I will proclaim your word where you've given me a pulpit to my family, my neighborhood, to my city, my state, my nation. And I say thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon me The greater one lives in me. And I will not fear, but I will follow. And I will live for your glory. And should I die, you will get the glory. For I am all of yours, and you are all of mine. And I bless the name of Jesus. And I thank you. Here am I, send me. Amen.
And if you're watching and you've never received Jesus, this is the hour to cry out to him. If God can save a woman who has been used of the devil to steal little children, that's going on all over the world, and convict her of her sin and cause her to call in and say, I'm going to return those that I have, and I'm going to follow Jesus. Listen, he can set you free. He can set the captives free. Call on him. This is the hour of salvation, the power of God unto salvation. I want to pray. Labrada brought up urgent prayer. These things are going on right now all over the earth. This is in Cuba. She had received a, uh, her cousin is in Cuba to pray for the Christians and all of Cuba. Something is happening. And this is where we are right now. This is the time in which we live. We've been called to intercede for the nations. And Cuba needs our prayer. And so that's the Cuban flag. Just extend your hand out to that flag. We just pray. You know, they've been through many fires. Man, many floods. I'm speaking of great turmoil in that nation. But there's been a church that's been... I'm telling you, they've been carrying on the work of Jesus in spite of what's been happening. So, Lord, we pray right now for Cuba. We don't know all that's happening there now in this season. But, Lord, we pray, God, we bind the darkness. We say no to every demonic plot, plan, and scheme. And, God, we pray for our friends, Osmani. God, I remember Osmani Sosa. And his ministry in Cuba and all of the believers, Labrada's cousin, Lord, all of those that are standing for the faith, we pray, come to their aid, God. Come to their rescue. Rise up, oh God, and cause your enemies to be scattered over Cuba. Let the gospel of Jesus Christ that has been living and powerful in that land, in spite of what the enemy has done, let the gospel explode over Cuba afresh. Let a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit come. And Lord, we thank you. We pray. Alert us to the nations that will need our prayers in these coming days. Lord, we don't know how to carry on 24-7 prayer. We have no idea. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us. Help us. Send help. Send angelic help. Send laborers, oh God, you said pray and ask to send laborers. We're asking for laborers to pray that we would be a place of prayer for the nations. God, help us, Lord. We thank you. We believe you. And Lord, touch people in this place. Now fill them with faith. The just shall live by their faith. It's not my faith. It's not faith of someone who lived the life and they've already passed on but it's individual faith that's going to bring you glory in this hour and I speak blessing I pray release fresh gifts of faith gifts of faith to believe God for that which is impossible and we thank you for that Lord now fill people with hope a hope that that expects what God is about to do and it's always greater and what the devil is up to. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey, we're going to have prayer around the altar. We invite you. And, uh, but just have a blessed Sunday. Today is, begins the Day of Atonement.
For some reason, I thought it was tomorrow. I'm going away tomorrow night. God, will you give me grace even though I miss it by a day? You think he can do that? Yes. Yes. I'm going away tomorrow, and I'll be gone to spend time with Jesus. Remember me. Say, Lord, help that guy. He can't even remember what day it is. But God bless you.